Welcome to another episode here on the Carl High Club. I have a very special guest, a close friend of mine. Um, we have been friends for quite some time. We met each other abroad working on yachts. Welcome to the show, Reinet Krier. Hi. Hello, Carl. Thank you for having me today. I'm very excited to chat to you on your podcast. Yes, it, um, it's very exciting for me to um, speak to you as well, because I just want to let everybody know listening that Renette is a South African who married an American, and you can actually hear some South African-American twang in her accent, and this is going to be absolutely fun. I am looking forward to this. <laughs> okay, yeah, because um, I, I probably jump between the two accents because that's, that's what I do nowadays. But isn't it strange, in order for you to actually communicate with people, especially in America that I found, you have to adapt to their accent to, for them to understand you because there are certain mannerisms that the rest of the world would express. And for some reason, they don't understand it. So you actually have to say it in an American twang to get your point across. Yes, yes, that is because I, I, I don't say water. I say water. And I water. Water. Um, <laughs> there's my Starbucks and oh my gosh and this. But um, the thing is, yes, you you, you are correct. Uh, even though I think I sound very American, they still ah, oh, where are you from? Are you from England? Or um, um, oh goodness, what was the one I heard? Like no, I'm from South Africa. Oh, but where in South Africa? Like what country in South Africa? Yeah, that's my favorite. Um, then I tell them I rain from a tiny country by the name of the Muet. <laughs> the Muet. <laughs> yeah, the... Will the leader be of the Muet? If, if, <laughs> if, if, if an alien would to, would to land on Earth, be like, hey, in, in the Muet, take me to your leader. Where would you take him? Um, I would just take them to the mountain, the Mahalis Mountain in the Muet. And I'll, I'll let them go stand on top of that mountain and let them forget about that question in the first place. Or you take, or you take that person to one of those bars. Oh, goodness. Um, oh, I remember hanging out there. What was the, the, a bunch of bars, a Springbok bar or what? Yeah, you take them, you take, you, you take them to the mountain and then you have the same conversation that Mufasa and Simba had while, a, a while back where everything the light touches is the muet and that dark shady place over there's Pretoria West. We never go there. Yeah. <laughs> Pretoria West, we never go there. Yes, yes, yes. Or on the other side, there's marriages. We only go there when we're drunk. <laughs> so, Renate, how... I'm sorry? I don't think it's called mojos anymore. It's something else. Tunes or something like Tunes. that. With a, with a C, a W, a W, uh, um, a Z. So there's all kinds of letters in that small little word. But yeah, W, I, I can't quite remember. It's quite some time that I've left that, that I've left that side. So, Renate, I would like to ask you, how is, what is, what is it like to actually adapt in uh, America, you know, coming from South Africa, and now you're setting home base in America. How has that adaption been for you, you know, um, in that whole entire progress from marrying an American, settling down? How did you find it since, you know, 
going from going abroad temporarily to actually being to a point, well, this is home now? Um, Kyle, the thing is, I, I just wanted to explain to the listeners who, who are South African, has never been to America, has only been to like a few places. The U.S. is absolutely huge. Um, like I've been to how many, 11 states already, of which I lived in three of them. And um, I've also visited the capital. And America is, yeah, it's, it's just so big. It's very hard to explain how big it is. Like, um, I last year I did a road trip from Colorado. I went through a little bit of Oklahoma, Texas, and New Mexico. And I drove for about 18 hours. And yeah. The scenery stayed exactly the same, except when I got close to the Rocky Mountains again. Like in South Africa, when you drive 12 hours, you would have seen at least, I want to say, five to six types of scenery. Um, so you're, you're so, 80% across the country. Yes, exactly. As where South Africa is actually one of the larger countries in the world. South Africa is the 25th largest country in the world. Uh, considering Number 25, considering there's 195 countries in the world, South Africa is actually considered big, but um, the U.S. is even bigger, and there's like 350 million people. So just to um, remember that is that America is so big, it's, it, it's difficult to say, um, oh, I just adapted to America. Um, every state is actually a little culture in its own. Um, you yeah. cannot compare for the... New York, you cannot compare New York to Hawaii or Hawaii to Colorado. Um, it's like I tiny little Colorado. countries. It's actually like being exactly. able to ask people what country are you from in America. That that will be the better question. But don't, but don't, don't tell an American that America should actually divide into smaller countries. No, 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 no. They might not like each other. The the Floridians might not really like the the New Yorkers and the Yorkers might not really like the Washington. Okay. Now the Oregonians, I don't know how you say that. Oregonians. Oregonians, but yeah. <laughs> um, but don't tell them that to divide into countries. No, 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 no. Their constitution and their Bill of Rights, okay, the Bill of Rights are the 10 first um, con- uh, you know, laws of the constitution. Did you have to That's do any, any um, like material? <clears throat> did you have to actually study America when you got married with your green card um, interviews? How did that process That's- go? the green card um even though my husband has told me that i am more american than a lot of americans that he actually knows but um no not for my green card but when i have to apply for my citizenship then i'm gonna have to do like a, a questionnaire or exam or something i have to have 70 percent to, to pass what type of questions do they ask in that type of exam you know in what year was um, America, you know, got their independence from from England, and then it's like 1976 that I know that's in my brain, and then you know, some, you know, stuff about presidents, or you know, what's the first amendment, what's the second amendment, stuff like that. So, um, you know, just general trivia of of America. And. You still work in yachting from time to time. So what do you keep yourself busy with while you're an American citizen between inverted commas? What do you, what do, you do with your life? Um, well, for now, I'm actually very fortunate because I, I, I'm married to a, 
man that's in the he's in the military and um so I've been kind of I want to say well we've been married for yeah just over two years now so since then I've been kind of like going um you know where his job is and was first in New Mexico and then Colorado but I have been freelance chefing in um in yachting so when I met you oh goodness I I was cooking for you for you so that, that, that was actually the the perk of yachting for me was to I can be home and then from there work you know go to the yachts and luckily I've got friends you know in agencies and so on boats things like that but um, I was actually retiring this year in March was supposed to be my last trip I was in the Bahamas it was absolutely lovely and then um, a friend of mine summoned me out of yachting retirement. So that's why I'm in Costa Rica at the moment. <laughs> like a very good detective's movies. Like we need you more than ever, you know. Put your get your get your badge and get your gun. It's go time. Yeah, let's go. Exactly. So yeah, I've been I've been fortunate in that sense, but now I'm kind of like back to the drawing board because you do get to a point um where you know, the small space is not really for you anymore. Um, you know, when I say small space, it's like sharing a cabin with, with another person that you don't know and a small, um, you know, and working the hours and stuff like that and living out of your suitcase. So I can actually feel it that time in my life where, you know, the chapter has kind of has come to an end and I need to, you know, get my foot into a new door. But that for me is still a little bit a challenge. What is it? Would you still like to continue with regards to cooking? Uh, or where do you see yourself going? Because I know you've got other hobbies as well with regards to art and and um, refurbishing furniture and everything like that. So what is it that you can actually see yourself doing? Because I know yachting has got its temporary factor because everything is transactional and job security isn't really confirmed. So where would you like to move yeah, on think, away from it? Yeah, I think people don't understand. Like, if you're in a boat for a year in yachting, that is considered a long time. If yeah. you have, yeah, you know, that, uh, for, for some people on, I want to say, land-based jobs, they have been with the company for like five years and it's, it, it still feels like that, but, you know, it, it, it's, I want to say, like a junior position or something. But if you've been on a yacht for a year, that's considered like longevity. But yeah. um, my, my thing is, is yachting, because it, uh, the, the money is really good. So that's, it, that, that's the thing. If you have your foot in the door, in the yachting door, it's difficult to get it out. Um, you know, so yeah. for me, um, I've always been a creative person. And I absolutely love like, painting and sketching and things like that and, and doing things with my hands I've always been um, talented in with if, if any practical task given to me um, and I can imitate things and I study drama so um, there's that <laughs> but that type of cooking can be very easy for me because it's, it's something you do with your hands so yeah. I hope um, that is something that I can you know transition into in um in the future <laughs> but you said you also tried your hand with regards to the um with the drama over there as well how did that go 
That was lovely, actually, because I um I was in Colorado, yeah, Colorado Springs. I just moved there, and I applied for my green card. So if you apply for your green card and you're in the states, you are not allowed to work for the for the duration that um oh goodness that your application is you know ongoing. So mm-hmm. yeah, for six months. Luckily, I, I was lucky. Because my husband is in the military, my my green card card process was expedited, so I got my green card in within six months. Some people aren't aren't as lucky, so I, I started looking around for you know um, things to do that's not necessarily work. So I came across this little theater. They had auditions, and I starred in the production of Mother Courage. Oh, and wow. it's, I because we did, I did Mother Courage in um, in university, and I thought, oh, goodness, this is such a drag. But when we, I actually performed it, was when I really understood the um, the play and the essence of it and things like that. But then, that was end of 2019. And then, you know, 2020 came around, and COVID hit, and I mean, it hit the um, entertaining and performing arts industry very hard and I think that theater mm-hmm. only recently opened up again so yes that was COVID, COVID, COVID just you know <laughs> so um, have you thought about trying to go back to the theater as like a hobby um, again you see I would I would always want to um, I feel if you're if, if, if you're a born artist in whichever in whichever direction or whether it's performing or visual or if, if you are born an artist you will you will die an artist yeah and um i would love my dream is to have a, a dinner theater one day and kind of like combine food with performances and things like that so so yes it's always uh, performing will always be a dream of mine or in my boat I absolutely love it cooking is also an art in itself I mean you've got all of the it's I see cooking similar to music I mean you've got all you've got the set you've got the foundation of it and what you do with that foundation you create art from there on out as well so I think that is a very cool combination dinner theater because not only the theater being an expression from there the expression comes in the food and the type of food that you compare with the theater piece um, you can get really creative with regards to things like that, I think. Yes, you see, Carl, for me, life is about living for the pleasure and enjoyment that life has to offer. I mean, nobody lives for that Monday morning when you have to go sit in traffic and go to work if you're in like a, a nine-to-five. And yes, you enjoy your work, but we all live for that, for that, weekend or or when you're going to go do something that 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 you draw pleasure from um whether it's going to see a show go go watch your favorite artist or go to a a concert or you know eat a a lovely piece of chocolate that melts in your mouth or you know it's for me is the dessert and the pleasure of life and food is definitely an art and um yeah, that's why I think I want to combine those things. Like, really take yourself on a, you know, go, go, go spoil yourself. Treat yourself, you Treat know, kind of yourself. thing. Treat yourself. Because 
we all have got these <laughs> things that we need to endure in order to, you know, get the reward from it because you're not going to get that reward if you don't work towards it. And I actually compared this the other day with regards to getting a tattoo. And a lot of people want a tattoo, but they don't want to sit through that pain. And it's actually enduring that little bit of pain to get that reward of the tattoo at the end of the day. And you can imply that with anything in your life, you know, just work a little hard and you can actually get that reward that you want. Exactly. It's the, um, the too, the, 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 it comes down to too much of a good thing. It, it's not a good thing anymore. Like, and that's, that, that is true. I believe uh, it's that yin yang kind of idea and the light and the darkness is definitely the, the balance in life. Um, that that you have to upkeep in order to enjoy the, the the good in life even more. So, what would you say is daily struggles that you're dealing with in order to maintain those um, joys and, and 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 balance in your life? How do you? What struggles do you have in order to maintain that balance? As a personal or professional struggle. You can either or, I mean, like if we all want to maintain that balance and we, there are things that's keeping us from it. And what would you say is the main catalyst with regards to that? Um, I mean, everybody wants to achieve that balance, but life happens. And what would you say is one of the biggest catalysts of that? I think it comes down to choices. I think you have to choose how long you want to endure something that to just endure it to, let's say, a job. It's your choice if you want to take a job that, um, that, ha that has you working four days a week or five days a week or um, working evening shifts. It's your choice. You choose what, 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 what your hardships are. You choose your spouse. You choose your situation, actually, because it's well. In the end, it's all about uh, what you choose, how you react to certain situations, and you can choose. Listen, it is Friday afternoon, three p.m. I am done with work. Now I'm gonna go have a beer. So I think it it boils down to choices. You can choose what's hard for you and what's not. But how do you how do you make no, well, well, how do you make sure that this choice I'm making right now is good for me? Because, sure, you might think it is a reward, but that reward can actually, you know, be limited. And that reward can actually just be a method of prolonging the inevitable of just numbing the proverbial pain you're sitting with right now. Because, sure, um, I'm making a choice to reward myself at the end of the day with a beer, but little does that beer know that it's going to probably give you like a, a hangover the next day, you know? So how do you know that specific choice that you're making right now is good for you? Because it might feel good, but is it good for you? Kyle, you're asking that question to an empath that is a self-diagnosed uh, adult ADD person. So I think that that question is, 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 is has to be a custom and personalized to every individual at the end of the day. Um, I think when it comes down to your personality, what you can, how much, okay, let's, let's use the, 
that's that's the example again that you're talking about like a beer like if you like beers then stick to five beers if you know oh i can drink 10 beers and not have a hangover the next day then that's your choice um so and i also think you will only know this afterwards and then you learn from it when i was younger um, like I'm, I'm in my 50s now. When I was in my 20s, I had this mindset. I want to feel what things feel like. I want to experience things for myself to know what it feels like. And after doing that for, you know, a decade, when the, all of a sudden when my 50s hit, uh, I don't know what sort of switch went off in my, in my brain, but all of a sudden it went to from from, okay, I've, I want to experience things for myself to let me learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, allow yourself to do that. <laughs> yes, and allow yourself to do that. Um, yes, but at the end of the day, you have to focus on yourself and what your talents are and what, what, what is unique to yourself, what you like. But the thing is, where, where I'm coming down at is to maintain that balance in the choices, right? And I think what the majority of the world is struggling with right nowadays are, sure, I always want to paint, but it's easier to go sit in the bar and drink than to go home straight after that nine to five job and to go paint because you're tired. And the choice you're making is to numb that pain that you endured throughout the day um, just by rewarding yourself with one thing. And, I, and, and that pri priorities that you talked about earlier as well. What do we want out of life and what choices are we going to make in order to maintain that as well? So that's why, where I was getting at is how do you, how do you personally know what choice to make? And, and, I, and I think that is something that I'm struggling with lately as well because I am for the first time experiencing what anxiety feels like. And you cannot help to shift the blame to yourself because this is all choices you're making that induces this anxiety so what can i do to make it go away and and every single person like you said need to actually reevaluate their priorities Carl, you what you're talking about like everything that you're saying for me i have like 10 thought processes going on right here like um okay when you were talking about um i couldn't let me just gather my thoughts quickly. Um, okay, this is what I want to say about that. Is you say you you experience anxiety now. I mean, you're also in your thirties now. Mm. That reminded me of that. There's a meme going around where you, as as a child, you so wished, you know, that you that you were a grown up and you can, you know, do whatever you want. But that's the thing. Now that we are grown up, now we can do whatever we want. But I think because there are just so many choices that give us an anxiety sometimes when you're like, I don't know what this is. I've, I've actually experienced this um, during this week as well. I was offered another job, another position on a boat after I've said, no, I'm done with yachting. Because the thing is, I've, and I've made this choice in my mind as well, is that if, as long as I keep my foot in the one door, in yachting, I will never be able to go through a different door. Then you're kind of like just standing with your foot in, in two doors and you cannot you cannot um, go through either one of them. So, yes. A communal we, friend of ours actually 
Um, a communal friend of ours actually uh, once uh, made a very beautiful metaphor without him actually mm -hmm. knowing about it, I think, because we were drinking and he was referring to something else. But I like to imply it um, in other th uh, factors in our life. I mean, Carson, you know Carson. Oh, oh, yes, oh, beautiful. Yes, oh, blue eyes. Oh, little Carson. And he said, <laughs> he mentioned something with regards to Tarzan syndrome. And it's like that because you can't swing to a different vine if you don't let go of the previous one. In order to keep going, you need to let go of the other vine. Otherwise, you're going to sit in a situation and you're going to hang between the two and you're not going anywhere. And I thought that exactly. is such a beautiful, beautiful metaphor. Yes, and then you're going to just hang there. It's like, where's my momentum? I cannot go forward. And to gather that momentum again is going to be horrible. And yeah, you yes. can't. I, th I think people need to let go of certain things that's causing them that hardship and just take that plunge and keep that momentum going. Because I think that is what, what brings forth that anxiety is when you hang in there in the middle of two choices and not sticking with one, you're going to continuously hang there and your momentum to get going again is going to be hard. And the thing is, guys, as well, the, all the, and I think you and I had this conversation um, previously as well, is now that we are getting older, we are faced with, with adult problems. And I think you and I, that has a little bit of Peter Pan syndrome, um, I don't know if you know what that is. Mm. No, I, I fully, it's, I fully relate to that. Is where, like, I, I still feel very young, and I yeah. still get a lot of when people when they, when they ask me like how old I am, and I just like out, out of curiosity, I'm not one of those women that like, oh, don't ask me what my age is. I'm not one of those women. I'm very, I'm very open about who and what I am. Um, I'm very honest about it, but I am always a little curious. Like when I ask somebody, um, um, you know, when they ask me what, how old I am, and they, they, they always, the, the most recent one was somebody guessed that I was 24. And I'm like, wow, goodness, thank you so much. But I'm, I'm actually, I'm turning 35 this year. So I do not feel it. I do not feel like I'm getting older. In fact, it kind of like feels like I'm getting, okay, in some, in some ways I am getting older, that I know. Like um, sometimes my back hurts or, you know, I just slept a little bit skew on my pillow and then I wake up and it feels like I, I was in a UFC bloody fight. But it's yeah, And your body me. makes noises that it never made before just by sitting still. <laughs> exactly. But I am still, you know, very comfortable rolling around on the floor and, you know, doing kids stuff. I still get excited about going, getting an ice cream. And, you know, there are some things I think, but, but that's also a choice. And I'm going back to choices. That's also a choice that I make. I choose and I to be excited think... about the I also think, um, you know, not letting go of everything in your past, that's that small things that used to bring you joy as a child. And I think we shouldn't outgrow things that does make you happy. And one thing I really wanted to talk about that sticked with me for ages, and Renette and myself worked together on the same boat before. And to unwind the end of the day, we would sit on the floor in the kitchen and play hand tennis, you know, just chat. <laughs> And talk and, you know, talk how about our days were and what we're going to do. But we would just sit there on the kitchen floor and play hand tennis. Yeah. It's, it's important. It's important to play. I love games. I 
I absolutely love playing. And I think what, what's happening in my life as well, I play grown-up. When I have to do grown-up things, my husband and I, we actually, have, we, we all have that grown-up corner in your house, either, either in a study or, you know, your office or whatever. We all have that grown-up pile, whatever. And we actually call it our grown-up stuff or our, our adult files. Like, yeah. I, I feel like a kid in my house. But then when I have to adult, I kind of like the, I remember you on your previous podcast, you're talking about hats or masks. Then I put on my adult hat and I go do adult things. And I feel very proud of myself. Ooh, I've adulted now. And then I kind of like take off that hat again and I become my own kid again. <laughs> I actually <laughs> recently decided to, you know, investigate my childhood and, and things that used to bring me joy. And I... I'm trying to relive it and see if I can, you know, implicate it, uh, imply, what's the word I'm looking for? Implement, implemented in my, in my adult life. And I, I bought a, a, a jar of bubbles the other day. I started playing with bubbles and I ride my skateboard every That's now and then. Do you run yourself a bubble bath as well? Of course, of course. And, and, it's those tiny little things that you can do in your day-to-day -day life that you can actually do that small little things that doesn't really cost much in order to bring you, you know, just to brighten your day up just a little bit. And I think we shouldn't outgrow child childish things or like that childlike sense of wonder to the world. So I'm going to something, there's a quote that I absolutely love and I'm going to say it in Afrikaans and then for the English listeners who, do not understand Afrikaans, I will, I will translate. It's geluk le in eenvoud. What joy and happiness lies in simplicity. And there's no shame in celebrating the, 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 the simple joys in life. Um, as in, it's to enjoy. Okay, we're going to sound very corny. The, the sound of the birds. You know, <laughs> 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 beautiful fun. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's a wonderful thing. That's that's what we live for. And 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 I think and I think, you know, I'm not gonna let go of those things that used to bring me joy because a lot of people think growing up means wearing that grown up hat the whole time and then they wonder why am I always so angry or why am I so depressed. Because you're letting go of little things in your life that reach to bring you joy. And that's that priorities and choices again. Like, am I going to allow this darkness to, you know, enter my life? Or am I going to do something about it just to make my day-to-day -day activities, you know, no matter how small they are, just a little bit more colorful? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that now as well. I think I am... I want to say miserable, but when I do the adult things in my life, that that yeah, that that, that adult hat. That's where that's where the oh, goodness. I don't want to say the misery lies because I mean you have to be responsible and take care of yourself and do and do all those things, but you have to you have to hold on to a certain um, you know sense of wonder. I actually. Um, so by children's books. I love children's books and like fairy tale books, fairy books. But I absolutely love that, uh, you know, imaginary world that comes with it. 
And I, that's why I like interacting with children as well. And watching children's movies and like you do with the books to explore imagination. And I think, you know, the more grow up, grown up you get, you let go of that imagination because reality is there all around you. And I think we tend to escape to much easier things, but I think imagination is one of the most powerful tools out there. That is what I think Albert Einstein said that. He said, knowledge has limits. Imagination can take you any and everywhere in the world or the planet or the universe or however, however that quote went. But yeah, he also, he also um, referred to that. So I think I, I did mention it to you the other day, but the, yeah, I know you also, you know, you, you like your animation movies and stuff, but I recently watched the entire Pinocchio, the old Afrikaans Pinocchio series. Yeah, you said on yeah. YouTube. Yes, and that brought me so much joy and so much comfort. If, you know how people like binge eat and comfort eat? I was comfort watching Pinocchio. And next on my list is Heidi. I just love Heidi. Heidi and Pinocchio were my all-time role models when I was a kid. Like, I think a lot of life lessons as a child, I've learned from those two characters. And it brought me so much comfort uh, because it took me back to, you know, me being in my, in my parents' house on the couch with the VCR machine and, um, you know, just watching Pinocchio and, and, uh, and the Heidi. So next on my list is, is Heidi to watch again. So growing up, Heidi and Pinocchio were my ultimate role models. And I think I've learned so much from those two characters, those two um, cartoons. Um, don't you, was, yeah, I still enjoy as an adult. Don't you think it, there was something about, you know, getting out of VHS tape and rewinding it and then watching the movie? There was something about that activity knowing it's movie time, I'm going to give this movie my undivided attention, you know, there's so many other things that distract us, I know, when people go on, yeah, nowadays we watch movies, but you kind of like halfway watch it, because it's so, it's so easy accessible, because you go to your Netflix, your HBO, your Amazon Prime, your Hulu Networks, or Showmax in South Africa, and then it, it, it takes forever to scroll, you know, through things to finally decide what you're going to watch. And then you kind of like just have it on in the back to yeah. be on your phone to play a game or, or whatever, be on Instagram or just, you know, to have that kind of like white noise in the, <laughs> in the back. But yeah, back in the day, it felt like you deserved that movie after. Yeah. You, know, you went to go to Mr. Mr. Video and in America, it's Blockbuster and you're... And you can only take yes. out three movies and you beg your dad to, can I please watch this one? And, and everybody would say, over and over. <laughs> yeah, until you have to give it back. You know, you watch that, like, I still have that movie for, for a couple of hours. Let's watch it again. <laughs> and then because you get paid a fine when it's late. And then also when you, when you just took it out and you put it in the VCR and the previous person didn't rewind it. Oh, goodness. Didn't that just, you know, that was, that, that was yeah, maybe they did it <laughs> because they were also like, didn't have the time to you know, rewind it because they were on the, you know, on the time schedule. 
But you know, one thing that I took from that is, uh, and this might sound a little silly, but you know, that act of, you know, after watching a movie, rewinding it and then putting it away and certain seasons in my life, I would like to revise before I file it in my mental cabinet, you know, revise and take away from, uh, take away from it that, that you, that brought you joy and you learn from all of your mistakes you, you made before you just go out and, and, and forget about that whole entire season in your life completely. And, and that's some little, you know, connectation I made with rewinding a, a, a VHS is revise your life and take away the good and learn from the bad. And as something as simple as a VHS tape made me realize I, I want to continuously do this in my life. Carl, you know, it, that now makes you think of the last VHS tape that I rewinded. Or what was the last VHS tape that I watched? I Yo. didn't even realize or know that that was the last one. I wonder what it was. Yo, that that's... Do you know how, how intense that metaphor is? One day you were watching a VHS not knowing that that will be the last VHS that you'll ever watch. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Goodness. I, I, I can't even remember what was the last VHS I watched. It's probably like a Bud Spencer movie because I grew up in my grandma's house. <laughs> because, but uh, is that the guy's... Um... From um, SABC. No, Bud Spencer was like this American guy. Brought out a lot of movies, cowboy movies, and everything like that. It's got really oh, interesting. Oh, he, was see, like the, he was like the he was like the of uh, of USA. That's how I used to see him. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, yes. So you were into the Western movies when you were little. Well, I just I just watched whatever was available in my grandma's house, you know, because whatever your parents decide to, you know, collect, that is what you watch in your house. You don't have Netflix. It's either that or infomercials on SABC too. So, so we had family tapes, you know, because my dad bought that, fam that, that video recorder and he used to, you know, videotape us and things growing up. And when I was about three or five years old, listen to this, this is a, this is a freaking tragedy in my life, was that little record button and the little plus, uh, not that, the stop button were next to each other on our VHS tape. And they, I, I don't know, maybe as a little child, you know, when I was that little and that button was that small, you know, I, um, I was confused with two or whatever. And I was watching baby footage of me on a VHS tape as a as a baby, you know. Yeah, as a toddler, I was watching that. Well, toddler, I was like four or five or whatever. And then I accidentally pressed the 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 record button instead of the stop button when I when I was done, you know, watching. And then I recorded all over my baby footage. Can you oh, believe no. that? That's terrible goodness. Lost forever. But that's the wonderful thing about technology today that you know that cannot happen. You can save it in the cloud and all kinds of things like that. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So I do I do still have a little little you still ended up with a little bit of footage of me as a as a baby, but most of it was, you know, 
recorded over some sort of freaking old, you know, sardine run in the KwaZulu Natal, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> I still remember that. I was terrible. Renate, I, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, not only um, about the the little table, the, the little tennis, hand tennis we, we, we jammed in the kitchen afterwards, but one thing that I always will cherish is we would sit in a vehicle and finish listening to a song. And that always brought me to, people are so quick to, not give something a chance in their life or too, so so quick to move on and let go that they if they would stick around just a little bit they would find those joys they have been looking for in their lives and i always thought you know sitting in a car finish listening to a song is also a very good way to kind of like you know that vhs metaphor to rewind and reflect on what you just heard and what you just experienced and that was always a very cool thing like <laughs> Renetta myself would go karaoke until the early morning hours on a Sunday and we would jam music on the way back to the boat and then we always would just sit in the car and finish the song before we go in and get ready for the next day. But guys, you have to also add we took the long way home. Yeah. Wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. To more songs and to sing even more and to just have our own performance in the car as well so um yes i think yeah, we were just like really well i think you both i mean you are more musically um instrumentally talented that than i am i wish i had a natural you know talent for for instruments i mean i can sing kind of but um i love music and i think that's something that you and i shared that's no, but, but, but what i but where i'm getting at is instead of just going home and go to bed I think if more people would take the route less traveled and, you know, settle into what they're experiencing at that current moment of time, you know, we're talking about Peter Pan syndrome and we're also talking about being an adult for the future. But I think the biggest problem is um, people don't experience the moment. And what, what I loved about that was we wanted to experience that specific moment as long as possible. And, by yes, trying you to are rush right. I think to make time to make time stand still a little bit. Yeah, and I think everything is a rush. We're all part of a giant rat race and everything is a rush. And it's kind of <laughs> impossible after a while just to press that pause button a little bit and just sit down and like let me experience this, what I'm feeling right it's now at this moment. Correct. I think people we do live such far fast paced Live, but we kind of like just live for live for the next thing. It doesn't matter what it is. We kind of just live for the next thing. Okay, I have to go do this, and I have to go do this, and I have to go do this. And um, I mean, we've adapted to the technology and things around us. When I was um, in high school, uh, very a, a very dear family of mine said to me, and this is something that stick with me: is we are all in a rat race, but at the end of the day, what we don't realize is if we stick in the rat race, we will also just be rats. And that stuck with me. That's why, that, 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 that's something that, you know, rings true to me every, every time I feel like I'm rushing through life. That sometimes you have to 
pause and enjoy what's around you, you know? Exactly um, what you're saying right now. Yeah, and I think um, seeing seeing what brings you that little scrapes of, of joy in your life and, you know, trying to experience as much of it will make your life a lot easier as well. I think if you acknowledge yourself mentally and be aware of your current mental state, more often you will actually try, I mean, as a habit, try to make better choices in your life. But Kyle, what is also true is the people that you choose to do this with. I don't know if you remember um, that movie, oh goodness, Into the Wild, that was based on that, the guy that went into Alaska. What was his name? Supertramp. Nova, yeah. Supertramp, something. That, that was his, 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 the name he called himself. I, I'm sorry. I cannot remember names and stuff anymore. Like my brain is just has too many files nowadays. It, it's not happening. But at the end, I think he scribbled down somewhere in that van that he was living in, that school bus, was happiness is only real when shared. And I think obviously somebody that's so lonely and alone will, will say something like that because, yes, you, you, you can be happy all by yourself, like having that inner peace and that inner happiness. But it's just so much more uh, enjoyable when you find somebody, whether it is somebody that you end up marrying or just somebody that you end up being friends or to, to find somebody to, to enjoy a moment with. It makes it more memorable. It makes it two people are remembering this. And I think this is the thing with you and me. I am ever so grateful that you came across my, my life during that time because you and I made so many memorable um, um, memorable memories. <laughs> <laughs> And it's very, it's very fun to think back on this, you know. But I, I personally believe that if you are at peace with yourself, you can experience when that experience is shared, it can be shared with anyone. Because that's one thing I miss about music festivals, you know, being there watching a band, and doesn't matter who is next to you, you and that person is experiencing the same thing at the same time, and being able to enjoy that moment with a stranger. And experiencing that moment. I think 95% of the people there will be in the same mindset as you because you have a common, you have a common interest. So obviously oh. common interest, you but, know, adds to that experience. But what I'm, where I'm getting at is if I am trying to be um, comfortable with my own company, okay, and I think the more comfortable I get with my own company, when I'm sharing an experience with someone, I'll be able to value that experience a lot more than someone who is not aware of, uh, between inverted commas, the moment. Exactly. But then you are the catalyzer. What's the word? Is that the word catalyzer? Catalyst. Catalyst. Then you are the catalyst because I've also come across people, especially at music festivals, that aren't having a good time, that's not really enjoying or whatever. And I've also experienced experiences where I'm, I, um, you know, wasn't having a good time, and then somebody comes across your, across your path, and then all of a sudden this person cheers you up, or, or the other way around. So, yeah, I think if you are in a good headspace, then you can, you, you, you share and shed the, the joy. Would you? Would you say 
that in your own mind, um, in Raynette's mind, um, it's a comfortable place to be. Being the catalyst? No, just being with yourself, you know, in your own mind. Are you, are you at comfort knowing, you know, I, I want to address certain mental issues about myself? Are you comfortable with who you are as a person? Are you comfortable with your own company? Absolutely. Um, but I also have to remind me on a regular basis that I don't always have to believe everything that goes on in my own head. Because sometimes you can lie to yourself. Sometimes you can fabricate things. Sometimes you do see something in yourself or of yourself that you think you're self-conscious about and other people don't even see it. Or the other way around. You know, you can sometimes be an, be an asshole without, you know, be, you know, in your own mind, you're justifying that you are. But in somebody else's mind, you're not. So you, you have to also... I think to be that, you have to be realistic and not subjective about yourself, but look at yourself objectively. Yeah, because it's, for me, you that fabrication you're talking about, for me is you, you can't, you live in your own mind and you only have the information available that you have been exposed to. And how you translate that information that you're being exposed to is extremely important because that can either make or break your day. Exactly. But you must also not be too hard on yourself, you know? Yeah, I think, I think there is a big difference between being hard on yourself and motivating yourself because... You can be hard yes. on yourself and say, yes, I want to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to move past this. But don't break yourself down. And I think that is the first instinct. Mm -hmm. If people will see these things that they want to work on, and if they fall back into habits or, 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 or addictions that they want to avoid, the first instinct is to break yourself down. Why am I here? Why am I doing this to myself? Here I am again. Instead of trying to motivate yourself mm -hmm. to get out of it again. Yes. No, I agree. I agree with you 100% on that as well. There's a, there's a, there's a difference between like being self-destructive and being self-constructive. Yeah. I want to, I want to also just ask you when you, when do you find yourself more yourself? And this is a very weird question, but when would you find yourself at peace? When would you say in what act or in what environment do you find yourself to be the most you? You know what, Kyle? I'm very, I'm very lucky. I consider myself lucky to have, to have found, you know, the love of my life and I'm, and I'm married to him. And I think, uh, I'm not, I'm not um, entirely goodness giving him all the credit for being you know giving me all that happiness because happiness is also something that you choose that also comes from within but i think i am happiest yeah this is only one of the places where i'm happiest this is one of the places that that um that that, that came up um there's when i am literally just looking my worst at home just wearing the worst t-shirt ever and just, you know, a pair of shorts with hair 
in different directions. And I am just happy and relaxed. And I don't feel judged. I don't feel um, I have to, I don't feel pressure. You know, just, just being my, the, my, my bare self. And I still have somebody who doesn't judge me on it. That, that that's still just there with me. I love sharing that with, with, with my husband and being myself and being able to do that. And then I think a second part that, that to that question is when I feel free, when I don't feel I have restraint, when I, um, I'm a Sagittarius, but for some people that means something, <laughs> but that is, that is, that is something that, that, that rings true to Sagittarius as well, is that the dream and to, um, to be free. I don't want, I'm, I don't want to be a little bird in a cage. I want to have the cage to come back to, but I also like to be, be free and to go. I think that's why I love traveling so much in my life. So um, you've seen me at my worst as well. And uh, I've got a final topic that I want to touch on before we go. And there was one particular night that changed my whole entire life, my whole entire being, where I am right now. There was one night in particular on one of my birthdays that changed completely. And that was one night I went out and I got smashed to a point where I've had like a full day hangover and you kind of like nursed me <laughs> back to health from that hangover. And uh, honest question is how you, how are we still friends after you, you know what I did and how, what, what I, what mindset I was at that time, instead of telling, seeing me as an individual where, you know what, he made those choices and he needs to suffer through it. You actually consciously decided, you know, we didn't even really know each other that well, just as one human being trying to make that hangover a little bit better for another human being, because it was disgusting. It was horrible what I went through and what, what I was enduring, <laughs> but you just decided, you know what, this is a person that is going through something. And instead of, you know, doing the whole, you know, avoiding that person, let him going through his own, you know, um, despair, you decided to actually help it. And I always thought that was one of the biggest acts of kindness and the combination of me going out and getting smashed and doing half of the things I did. But what actually did the life changing thing afterwards was, someone out there who I barely knew actually took their time to make sure that I get through that. The thing is, I think it's, it's, it's obviously safe to say that you and I are much better friends now than we were back then. But I think you and I did have kind of like an instant connection. I, okay, I just want to tell this story because I, I think it's... Um, you know, when you and I saw each other for the first time, what went down? I just got to Fort Lauderdale, like the, the second day I got to Fort Lauderdale, and I was still kind of like Jake lagged and, you know, um, all new to America and stuff like that. And I was at a crew house. And yeah. I already, I had already met everybody in the crew house. And, you know, there were a few people there, and I was sitting by myself outside having, <laughs> having a cigarette. And all of a sudden, this guy with orange hair yeah, orange. 
me, you know, he didn't even look at me, he strutted past me, he knew the crew house code, ding, 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 put in the code and walks in. And I'm like, who is this? You know, I've met everybody that's been living in the crew house already and here's this guy and he's inside for a few moments and he comes back out and he walks past me and I'm like, excuse me? Who are you? And he's like, um, tell Mitch I was looking for him. <laughs> I said, and who might you be? And he's like, you will know. And you just like, <laughs> at me. <laughs> and you turned around and you shut it on. And I'm like, <laughs> so you instantly obviously made an impression with me. And you and I actually ended up that night um because you came back and Mitch knew who you were when I told him and he's like oh yes that's Kyle <laughs> and then um anyways so yeah we, we ended up going out that night and you were just a Ramiki Eichmack I remember that and but I liked you because you were funny because you had my name on your ass your name tattooed on your ass I thought that was hilarious yeah. and then um we went out that night, and you and I ended up at 3 a.m. at Doughboy's. I had chicken wings, and you had a footlong. I don't know what sort of sub you had that. And we were just chatting. And you and I then also ended up on the couch in the crew house, just referencing Lipstick Dipstick and just yeah. having a laugh. And I think, I think, I really think that's we, we, we did, we did have a connection. And I think uh, we did, we did realize that, listen, I recognize something in you and you recognize something in me. And we liked each other immediately. I, I knew. And then coming back to your, your, you know, story when you, when you came back to the boat and I was on watch and you looked, I want to say two degrees from being absolutely dead. Yeah. <laughs> I that's mean, how crazy. can you be? And, um, well, by, that, by, by then, you and I actually had, had formed a friendship. And I cared for you. I, I really cared for you. And um, I knew, I mean, it wasn't for me to judge you for, you know, in fact, I was a little bit jealous I wasn't with you guys, but I wasn't much. Because <laughs> I probably would have done whatever it was with you. But, um, yeah, I... I really wanted you to be okay after that night. I I really wanted you to not, you know, be yeah, become sick or ill or whatever. I just genuinely wanted to take care of you that day, and I did. You know, I put a piece of bread next to you. I opened up your coke next to you, so you don't have to put in too stuff. much effort to do that. <laughs> yeah. And every half an hour, I peeked into the the cabin and to turn you around like a baby but like you do with it like a, a newborn baby you have to yeah. turn that over you know, making sure you're getting air and everything and you were breathing so yeah but, I just really wanted you to be okay so the, the point I'm getting at is you've seen me from being that to where I am right now and I think one of the most beautiful things that people um don't really spend a lot of time at is friendship and and what they value as a friendship and you know developing on friendships you know it was absolutely beautiful for me to know that you know no matter what i've done or what i went through there was someone you know who's got your best interest at heart and you know it's 
it's completely selfless. I mean, it's just two random human beings on this planet who decides that they want to be friends and, you know, sharing your wedding with you guys and everything like that. It's just absolutely phenomenal. And one thing that I do want to say thank you for is being an absolutely phenomenal friend. And I think with what we talked about throughout the day, the reason why I have you on this podcast is I, I want to archive and, and, and continuously learn about myself and my friends. And I wouldn't have been where I am right now be, uh, if it wasn't for people like you in my life. And I think everybody needs to value who they see as a friend and who they see as an acquaintance because I've had very, I've had much better experiences with people I hardly know than you know, coming back to that Tarzan syndrome, holding on to people who's been in my life for a very long time. Mm, exactly. You can, you can meet somebody today and be really good friends, like within three months. Or you, you, you could have known somebody for 10 years and not be as good friends with them. The same thing with, 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 with family. Um, but I am one of those people that really cherish relationships. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm going to go to my grave with experiences and the love that I gave and the love that I received. I'm not going to go to my grave with a career or with money or with my most precious position. The only thing that I can take with me into the next life, um, is, is the love that I generated and that I received. And I think that that is why relationships for me, and I mean, obviously friendships is that is very important to me and growing with people. And sometimes you grow apart from people and that is absolutely okay. Mm. And I think the thing that for me was our friendship wasn't based, we weren't good time friends because you get those good time friends. You're, 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 yeah. you're drinking buddies. The people that only calls you when they I want to have a bry and you know talk shit. But then I think what has proven um, what what you just said for us is that we didn't need alcohol because I know you haven't been drinking for quite some time. I mean that's not something that that's not something that you and I need to have a connection because a lot of people alcohol mm. and good times is the connection they have. Um, as we, I remember when I returned back to Fort Lauderdale and went to all the places that you and I used to hang out with, everybody would ask me, where's Kyle? Where's Kyle? Where's Kyle? Like everybody remembered you and me, you know, being together in places and stuff like that. That was, that was pretty cool. I was, I was, I was kind of sad when I tell people, no, he decided to stay in South Africa. I was, I was sad. <laughs> so Renate, I would just like to thank you for coming on my podcast and sharing all of this with us. And I uh, want to ask you if there's anything that you would like to say to the listeners out there. Now is your time. Um, goodness, I didn't prepare for this question. I don't have any. <laughs> God, but yeah, let me first thank you as well for having me here today. I hope I hope you you gained as much from this conversation as we had as much as I did. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. And I was so excited last night. I, you know, before an event, you're like, oh, what am I going to wear? And I'm like, <laughs> what am I going to wear to a podcast? outfit is not going to make a difference. Nice. Anyway, so yeah, I was very excited about this. And I just want to, you know, for 
to all your listeners. Thank you for thank you for listening to us today. Um, you know, picking our Kyle picking my brain, picking Kyle's brain. It was it was a very joyful joyful experience. And you know, take care of each other and take care of yourself. Renee, thank you very much. Watch again, uh, uh, and I would love to see you. Uh, I mean, hear you on more of these. You should have a beautiful day ahead. Thank you, Kyle, and you too. Bye. Bye.